At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets, after a couple of days off, are going to be up in Boston taking on the Celtics, who will be on night two of a back-to-back. So a game with some rest advantage here for the Hornets. We'll break it down for you. Also talk about the uh, unfortunate news that we've received regarding the injury status for the Charlotte Hornets, specifically Gordon Hayward, and some sad news to touch on and, and really a life to celebrate here with the passing of former Hornets broadcaster Jerry Valancourt. Helping me on all these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo here with us again. And Rob, unfortunately, we have to start with some sad news, the passing of Jerry Valancourt or Jerry V, the V-man, as he was affectionately known to millions of listeners over the decades for Hornets basketball, as well as on a variety of sports talk stations in the Queen City. I personally knew him as this incredible personality who would appear on WFNZ and he would just blast through the radio. He, he just had that it factor that everyone's always looking for that makes someone stand out in media regardless of what they're talking about. But beyond just being a great media personality, he was a great basketball mind. He knew the game. He was curious about the game. And he lent a lot of insight to me as someone who got a chance to listen to him. And uh, I'm, I'm just truly heartbroken for his family, for his friends, for his colleagues, our friends at WFNC, everyone who knew him so well that we've lost this uh, great, great person in the Charlotte media landscape. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I never had the chance to meet Jerry V, but just seeing all the tributes pour in, and you can just tell the kind of person he was, because, again, when somebody of Jerry V's stature passes away, you celebrate the life and the legacy. You you feel sad, obviously, but you remember the good times, you remember his contributions, and he certainly did that here in the Charlotte media market, and he had so much passion, because you just take a look at the years that he was a member of just contributing to coverage of Hornets basketball and even moving with the franchise to New Orleans when the franchise moved as well. That takes a lot of commitment. That just shows the passion that he had for the game. Native New Yorker, you know how New Yorkers are with basketball, and he really found a home here in Charlotte. Of course, he's going to be greatly missed, but just you got to remember the good times, and that's what I have seen so far on social media from all of our friends over at WFNZ, and it's, you know, of course, like you said, have to echo those sentiments. He'll be sadly missed, but again, when you feel down, you have to remember the good times, and Jerry V was good at bringing out the crazy and making sure that everybody had a good time when they talked to him. Yeah, I mean, what you said there, very true, and I can't help but think of so many of the the quips and quotes that this very quick-witted man had just the years uh, that I was having the pleasure to listen to him on WFNZ, and I can't help but smile. He was such a funny and brilliant personality. He's going to be missed. Here, reading from the Hornets team statement, his analysis and opinions will be greatly missed, and our condolences go out to his family, friends, and colleagues from what we have seen on social media. The celebration of his life will be just that, a celebration. It's something that he would have wanted people smiling when they think of him, and uh, I certainly will. And even though it's going to be tough to smile for uh, his family members and friends and and all of his great colleagues, we're going to try and remind them as much as we can of all the good times that Jerry V brought all of us. Again, someone who I can't think of him and I can't hear his voice in my head without smiling. Uh, He's just that kind of personality, and that's a special thing and something to be celebrated. And so, sadly, today we celebrate the life of Jerry Valancourt, Jerry V., Again, a mainstay on Hornets television and radio broadcast from 1990 to 2002. He was the radio analyst, TV analyst, a studio host, and he hosted Sports Talk both in Charlotte and New Orleans. He's going to be greatly, greatly missed, and his memory will be a blessing and live on forever. Coming up next, uh, sadly, some more unfortunate news, not nearly on the same level, obviously, as the passing of Jerry V. But the Hornets' injury woes continue. We will talk about those next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. We're turning to basketball, and sadly, we're turning to the main storyline for the Hornets throughout this 2022-2023 season, and that is injuries. Oftentimes, Rob Longo, you look to a couple of days off and hope that there's some better news at the end of them when it comes to injuries. If anything, for the Hornets, it's gotten worse. LaMelo Ball, Cody Martin, Dennis Smith Jr. all still ruled out early for tonight's game against the Boston Celtics. Gordon Hayward was as well, but now there's... An addendum to his injury note, scapula fracture. Here is the original tweet that came out from the two major newsbreakers in the NBA, Shams Charania, tweeting that Hayward will be sidelined indefinitely to a 
due to a fracture in his left shoulder. That would be the scapula fracture. Hornets expect Hayward to miss time, and he is undergoing further evaluations. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN also tweeting he will be evaluated week to week on his return from a fractured left shoulder. This is uh, definitely a punch in the gut here for the Hornets, who have dealt with so many injuries over the course of the season, chief among them being LaMelo Ball, of course, but right behind in terms of importance to the team, it's got to be Gordon Hayward. He is such an integral part to this roster. He has been so closely tied to the team's success over his three years with the squad. When he plays, they are 54 and 50. When he does not, they are 20. 8 and 42. That is a glaring differential. Um, but I guess the good news is Charlotte has, for at least to some degree, figured out how to win somewhat without Gordon Hayward. They proved that towards the end of last season, catching fire as the season ran down. And here this season, I, I don't think we can say definitively that the difference record wise between Gordon Hayward on the court and off the court has been nearly as substantial as it's been in previous seasons. But it, it seems like for or at least a week-to-week basis, Hornets are going to have to figure out how to play again without Gordon Hayward. Yeah, it's an unfortunate thing for Gordon that it just is one of those weird injuries that probably happened earlier in the season from what we saw. And, of course, he's been nursing that shoulder and trying to play through it, so we got to give Gordon all the kudos we can in the world for trying to play through such what sounds like a painful injury. I've never fractured my scapula, but I can't imagine that it's very pleasant. But with that said, I mean, there's definitely some opportunity here for some of the younger guys to step up, and that's how this whole season has had to really unfold for Charlotte. I mean, when you take a look at guys like Jalen McDaniel stepping up, Kelly Oubre is another guy. I know he's one of those more veteran guys or kind of middle of the road. He's not really a rookie or anything like that, but he's one of those guys that's had to step up. So, I mean, when you take a look at younger guys, guys that are on maybe rookie deals, second deals, that kind of thing, Jalen McDaniels, the guy that can certainly step up there. We saw him start the other night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Would assume that he's going to start again tonight in Boston. You got guys like P.J. Washington, who again are on the end of those rookie deals as well, and they're playing for a little bit more motivation. They're playing for their next contract, really, going into next season as well. So there's always something worth playing for, and we talk about that a lot here on the podcast. So this is just another example of guys trying to step up and fill the void and get some playing time. And of course, we've seen the emergence of Kai Jones over the last couple of games as well. So he's another guy that can step in and be a larger body in the front court as well so they're gonna have to do it by committee I know we've said that a lot this season but at the end of the day it kind of is what it is and again no one's going to feel sorry for the Hornets and they just have to move forward and take it by a game by game week by week whatever the basis is that's what they're gonna have to do as I mentioned before, you know his importance to the team, it cannot be overstated. A career with Charlotte, this is now three seasons, Hornets are 54-50 and 50 when he plays, 28-42 and 42 when he does not. Looking at this optimistically, though, the impact of losing Gordon Hayward has become less and less in terms of the wins and losses as the years have gone on. His first year, there was no coming back from it. He missed 26 games when he was on the floor. Charlotte was above 500, four games above 500 when he missed they were 10 games below 500 so it was very clear how much of an impact he was having year two that started to lessen a little bit particularly at the close he the team was definitely above 500 when he played um, and for the first stretch without him they definitely struggled, but at a certain point, things clicked, and the Hornets actually won 11 of their last 14 games without Gordon Hayward. 
to close out the regular season. And again, I'll say this season, I don't know that the impact is felt as drastically in this record when he plays and when he doesn't, but it is felt. The team is 2-7 and seven without him on the floor. They're 4-7 and seven with him on the floor. So clearly a better record when Gordon Hayward plays. But I think the impact is starting to be felt more with the cumulative effect of the injuries rather than just Gordon Hayward being the indispensable person. Now, in terms of their playoff hopes, I think he is indispensable because the Hornets just cannot afford to lose that kind of veteran leadership and those kinds of statistics and not have someone step in to replace him. But we're not talking about playoffs right now. We're talking about a stretch of the regular season where the Hornets have more rest days to their advantage. And there is some optimism that the team can work its way through this and hopefully be healthy come the second half of the season. That means Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, and Terry Rozier all playing with one another. And if that happens, it's just all about where you sit in the standings when you get to that point. So right now, the Hornets, uh, they're not in the greatest of positions, but realistically, they're only a week or two away of winning basketball, of being in a top 10 position again. So hopefully in this week-to-week timeline, Gordon Hayward has as quick a recovery as possible and they can get him back out there. But there's got to be, you got to have some confidence that the team can find some answers here and find ways to accumulate enough wins without him so that when he does return, he can do what he does best and help the Hornets establish a winning playoff-worthy record. Well, and the other thing to this too, and you kind of touched on it, is the past couple of seasons when Gordon Hayward's been hurt, it's been towards the end of the season when the team is trying to make that late season playoff push. So the fact that this injury happened earlier in the season, obviously knock on wood, we hope he's back sooner rather than later. But with that said, he has a little bit more leeway to take his time getting back, making sure that everything is full go when he finally returns. Because again, what we talked to, what we heard from head coach Steve Clifford previously with Gordon Hayward returning from this injury the first time around was the fact that an 80% Gordon Hayward is better than a 0% Gordon Hayward in terms of we would rather have him on the floor than rather have him not playing at all. And of course, you don't want him to re-aggravate anything or get hurt again. But the fact is that he has some time to really take his time, get back, be full go when he's ready. And the other key ingredient to this too is Cody Martin coming back too. Again, he's a little bit of a longer term injury. He'll be back in a couple weeks, hopefully, barring no setbacks. So the fact that Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, and Terry Rozier are hopefully fully healthy, and so is Cody Martin throwing into that fold, it's going to be basically almost like a completely different Hornets roster at that stage whenever that happens. And hopefully it happens again at some point this season. So You know, the Hornets just kind of have to weather the storm right now. I know that's a lot easier said than done, and it's a challenge when you have this many injuries to this many key players, but hopefully they come back fully healthy, ready to go for the last couple months of the season, and even though Charlotte might be maybe in the bottom part of the standings, hopefully that's not the case, but even if they are, then they have a chance to really surge there and have uh, a very heavy schedule at home. They have more home games, they have more rest days in the second half of the season, and hopefully a healthier roster can fully take advantage of all of those things. Certainly, and you know, the Hornets have been in the bottom of the standings for the most part in the Eastern Conference the first several weeks of the season, but being near the bottom of the standings and being buried in them are two different things, and I would say right now, even though Charlotte is statistically, yes, they're in the bottom three of the Eastern Conference, they're far from buried. They're three games out of a top ten spot. They're five games out of a top six spot. That is not that much to overcome, so we wish for a speedy return, obviously, for Gordon Hayward and all the best as he recovers from the shoulder 
fracture. A couple of players who probably will not be in there filling in for him for tonight's game. Team did assign JT Thor and Mark Williams to the Greensboro Swarm. Could they be reassigned back to Charlotte in time for the game? Of course they could, but... Greensboro and Charlotte both playing tonight, so it seems less likely that that will take place, but uh, that is the the latest word there. Also, Charlotte actually saw some news for Boston that might rule out one of their star players, Jason Tatum, uh, missed last night's game, night one of a back-to-back for the Boston Celtics with a left ankle sprain, first game he's missed all season. So we'll touch on that as we get into our game preview coming up in the next segment. It's game day edition. Hornets are taking on the Boston Celtics. Rob Longo and I will give you your preview when we return here on the HHC. As proud members of our community, the Charlotte Hornets Foundation is committed to inspire a giving culture in our region. This is Executive Director Betsy Mack-Rinke inviting you to learn how you can make an impact. Through our Swarm to Serve initiative, the Charlotte Hornets Foundation focuses on education, hunger, military care, and wellness programs. To learn more about how you can help the Charlotte Hornets Foundation and your fellow neighbor, please visit hornets.com foundation today. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It is a game day edition, and as we touched upon, Hornets, some some bad news from the injury front. Gordon Hayward is going to be out with a left shoulder scapula fracture. He will be evaluated on a weekly basis from everything that we have been told. There is a significant star out for the Boston Celtics as well. That would be Jason Tatum. Now, Tatum, for this Celtics team that has been spectacular to start the season. He has been the leading man and really an MVP candidate. He's averaging 30 points per game and he's going to miss for the first time or he did miss for the first time I should say last night. Interim head coach Joe Mazzula asked prior to the game if he would be available for tonight's contest against Charlotte and he didn't really provide a definitive answer. He just said quote I think it just depends. We'll collaborate on what we think is important for him and our team in the short term and long term end quote. So that's not really an answer. It may factor into our Celtics to watch, and we'll just get into our game preview here. Rob, you know how this works. Players to watch for the Hornet Celtics and a statistic to watch. You're the guest. You go first. Well, let's go ahead and get it out of the way. I'm going to take Celtics player to watch him with Jason Tatum's status up in the air. He's the one that would normally be the first one to key in on, but Jalen Brown's not far behind. I mean, he's averaging close to 26 points this season. He's shooting almost 58% from inside the three-point line. He's really good in that mid-range. He's just one of those guys that is a very good support player. I know Jason Tatum gets a lot of the praise and a lot of the recognition in Boston, but Jalen Brown is certainly not far behind. And I think if you were able to plug him on any other team, he would have similar, if not more success behind a guy like Jason Tatum. I mean, they share the ball very well. They play similar minutes. So if it's one of those things where Jason Tatum's not going to hurt you, Jalen Brown certainly will. So that's why Jalen Brown's my player to watch tonight for the Celtics. Can't argue with it. He would have been mine if I were choosing first. I'll go in a different direction. I'll refrain from saying Tatum because, again, we just don't know the status as of the taping of this podcast. I'm going to go with Derek White. He's someone who can fill in as a, a big time scorer for this team. He's also a really good three-point shooter, and I think this will be kind of a barometer game for how Boston functions without Tatum is what exactly is White able to put forth. He's been a very good three-point shooter for a long time in this league, and he's been really strong this season, and I think it's due in some part because there's so much attention focused in on those big two superstars 
for the Boston Celtics. It allows for more open looks from beyond the arc. As I look at this one, I think that Derek White is someone that is hopefully not going to have quite as much space to shoot as he's normally used to, and hopefully that will help the Hornets slow him down. But the other thing I look at is last five games, him getting into double figures has kind of been the key or a key or a statistical alignment with the Celtics winning. So holding him under 10 crowding him on three-point attempts, making his life difficult. That could be a big factor here tonight, and especially without the scoring prowess of Jason Tatum. They need those secondary scores to be that much better. Derek White is one that I will be watching for the Boston Celtics. Where would you like to go next, player for the Hornets or a statistic to watch? Let's keep a close watch on Hornets player to look at. And for me, I have to go with P.J. Washington. He had a rough go of it on that Miami swing where the Hornets played two consecutive games in Miami. Nine points in one of them, four points in the other. Just did not look very good out there. And then all of a sudden, he's looked completely different. In his last six games, he's been in double figures. Scored 28 points in that game in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago. He also had that 24-point performance against Indiana as well. And even though they didn't result in wins, the consistency is what I really really liked out of PJ. He's having obviously a little bit more shot volume because of the injury. So he's able to take more shots, but he's been able to convert on most of them. I mean, he's hovering around anywhere between 40 to 57% in a game, depending on where he ends up taking those shots and where he's at on the floor. So he's not shooting the three as much as he used to, but he's found that mid-range game this offseason as well. And when he does take threes, he's able to hit them at a pretty consistent clip. I mean, he went three for five beyond the arc in that win against Philly. The other night, he was only one for five against Minnesota, but you're going to have games like that. And the other thing too, is when I look at this roster right now with the Celtics is they kind of play small ball a little bit. I mean, they don't really have a true small forward or a true power forward. They do have Al Horford there, but Al Horford, I mean, he's having a renaissance in his career over the last couple of seasons in Boston where he's been playing some really good basketball, but it's not the athletic Al Horford that we've seen from the past where he's able to dominate the game and play above the rim and that sort of thing. PJ, I think, can have an opportunity here to really take advantage of that smaller lineup for Boston and go after them a little bit, especially if Jason Tatum's not able to go because the bench, from a size standpoint, isn't really deep for Boston either. I will be honest, I did not think that was the direction you were going to go, but I like the pick nonetheless. PJ Washington certainly uh, can be a catalyst for winning here for the Hornets. I thought you would go with Terry Rozier and return to Boston. He's someone who has struggled a little bit with his three-point shot but is still putting up some seriously solid numbers as of late for the Hornets but I'm still going to go with my first choice here on this one and I'm going to point out Mason Plumley. Plumley has had some really strong efforts over the course of this season his averages on the year 9.9 rebounds not be all that spectacular on their face but when you look at his impact on the game uh, wins and losses I, I think it speaks for itself and as of late as his rebounding has gone up so have the Hornets chances for victory last six games he has had 10 or more rebounds four times. They've won three of those games. And as you mentioned, Boston is a a little beat up right now, quite frankly, at the center position. They've played the whole year without Rob Williams III. They've relied a little bit on the length and size of some of their taller wing players, specifically uh, Jason Tatum. He certainly helps clear up a lot of those disadvantages they might have at the center spot with his eight rebounds per game. But let's assume for the moment he doesn't go. You just don't have quite the same size out there. So this is a game where Mason Plumley, offensively and defensively can win the glass and set the tone for the other center in the rotation, Nick Richards, and hopefully make that a real strength here for the Hornets. So I will go with Mason Plumley as my Hornet to watch. Last but not least, we need a statistic to watch. 
Certainly a good pick with Mason Plumlee because it kind of leads into my statistic to watch, which is the three-point shooting, because we talk all the time about the three-point shot being the great equalizer, and these two teams could not be further apart. Boston is second best in the association when it comes to three-point percentage at almost a 40% clip, and then you have the Hornets who are currently second worst from beyond the arc at about 32%. So the three-point shot's going to be very important for Boston just based off of a couple of the things that we already touched on with the size that the Celtics are playing with right now. They don't really have the ability. They certainly do have the ability to penetrate and try to get points in the paint, but the paint touches are a little bit more difficult to come by, and that's tougher to do when you're trying to drive, kick, and swing it, swing the ball to the open man. So, I mean, they do a lot of creating their own shot from beyond the arc, so the three-point shooting, I think, is going to be a big factor one way or the other. I'm not saying that the Hornets need to go out and bang down 15 threes to win this, but they can't have Boston do that on the other side. So that's why the three-point shot is what I'm taking a really close look at tonight. Well, I'll go back to a statistic that I uh, circled in the last game for the Hornets against Minnesota going up against a really big team. I thought three-point shooting was going to be huge. Turns out I was wrong, and and happily I was. Team went 8 for 25, shot a much better percentage than Minnesota, but I wouldn't say they won that game because they've their three-point prowess. Charlotte, the previous season, had 30 or so games with 15 or more threes and had an overwhelming winning record when they hit that total and were well below 500 when they did not. This year there hasn't been a single game where they've made 15 threes. I would argue that means they're due, but I think with all the injuries the team is facing, it's a very difficult process to get that three-point shooting up to where it really needs to be for the Hornets to be at their best, but not necessarily where it needs to be to win one specific night. As you well know, Rob Longo, I always say that points is not a fair statistic because, duh, points, you know, whoever scores the most is going to win the game. But bear with me on this. I think that the pace of this game is definitely one that's going to matter. And generally speaking, Boston, even though they have the number one offense in the NBA, averaging close to 120 points per game, they don't operate at as fast a pace as even the Charlotte Hornets, who have a bottom third of the NBA offensive output. They're dead last in offensive rating. They're 24th out of 30 in points per game at 109 per contest. So I think this being a high-scoring game in general actually favors Charlotte. You've taken away Jason Tatum, who is able to figure out most defenses in the association, and he can really make it a half-court game and just win it individually. If he's not playing, that's a huge game-changer. But whether he does or not, Charlotte needs to generate more possessions, more turnovers, quicker pace. They need to speed Boston up to give themselves the best chance. At least that's my opinion. So I would like to see this game played at the point level Boston generally plays at. That's around the 120s rather than the low 100s. I think if that happens, if Charlotte can be in that kind of rarefied air for themselves this season, they're going to have a really good chance to win. If it's played closer to the 90s, 100s level, I think that's certainly in favor of the Boston Celtics. We'll see how it all plays out. Hornets versus Boston tonight, 7 30 p.m. tip-off. A couple other things that, that really stand out here. Charlotte, couple of days off leading into this one. They had success the last time. They got a couple of days off and scored a win over the Philadelphia 76ers, who were on night two of a back-to-back. And here, yet again, Boston is on night two of a back-to-back, albeit they were at home for both games. But still, that kind of wear and tear, it's not easy for anyone in the NBA, not even the current Eastern Conference leaders and the defending Eastern Conference champions. No matter how it shakes out, Rob Longo will have the post-game edition of the Hornets Hivecast for you tomorrow, breaking down tonight's result, and we look forward to hearing you on that one, Rob. Thanks, Sam. Talk to you on the broadcast later tonight.
looking forward to it. Appreciate all your hard work and definitely encourage all you fans to tune in to the HHC tomorrow and hopefully tune into the broadcast as well. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. For Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.